Why don't we begin? This is Fresh Hop Cinema. That's right. Welcome to Fresh Hop Cinema. No, I did not say Fresh Hops Enema, but we are going to flush you with some knowledge. Oh. My name is Max Bernardi. My name is Johnny Summers. That was an amazing pun. I thought about it yesterday and I just remembered that I thought of it and I didn't actually give it time. Like, should I say it? I just heard the music. I was like, oh, the enema joke. Yep. And it's not, you know, not my best. And that's Max's worst. enema material. Yeah. <laughs> this is a podcast that we release every single Monday. We do two craft beers and one movie. And by do, obviously, I mean uh, drink slash watch and review them. They're new movies, they're new beers, and uh, that's what we do here on the show. Uh, usually at this point, I would say if you haven't seen our movie for the week, we're not going to spoil it. That said, this week we're covering a film called Apollo 11. It's based on a thing that happened uh, 50 years ago this year, so uh, we are going to spoil it because there's. I don't think that counts <laughs> as a spoiler, right? Yeah. Okay. I don't think you can spoil this. Right. Unless you just like woke up from a really long coma. Or you grew up in a place uh, or family where they were like the moon landing was fake. Then you're going to be hearing this and you're going to, maybe that's a, something you'd consider a spoiler, but it's not. So well, get out of here, moon landing well, conspiracyists. Well, Please tell me you're one. We'll see. Yes. All right. Tell them how the show works. Right. So yeah. it's a three three segment you're show. You're lost without your notes. I'm just getting getting cozy. I'm back into my old chair. You're like Things a are weird, man. You're a blind man with no cane. You're in a chair that's shorter than usual. And wearing, you're wearing purple glasses. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm a little bit off kilter. Um, no. So the first, the first section of the show, we cover our first beer. And then we uh, talk about movies that we've seen that are not our film of the week. Uh, a lot of the times Johnny and I watch other movies because that's we enjoy them, mm-hmm. obviously. And we sometimes like to talk about them briefly. Yes. Then we go to a break. We come back and we talk about our movie of the week, usually without spoilers. I don't know how that's going to play out this week. I'm sure we'll just kind of mash it all together. But I don't know. Let's go on an adventure. Like maybe to space. We'll see what happens. Then we take a break again. We come back for the third segment, which we call the danger zone because things get dangerous. Ooh, spicy. And we cover our second and final beer and uh, jump into a section we call hot and bothered. That's... uh, you know, that's things that got us hot and or bothered that week. Yeah. And then we finish up with some more talk in the movies. That's Fresh Hop Cinema, everybody. Hey, give hey. us a hand. <laughs> I'm Very proud well of done. us. We're good. We're good. All right. That's the episode. <clears throat> yep. So. Where like can said, you find us? Oh, sure. Yeah. You want to do that? This, I feel like I've been talking too much and too I know. fast. It's my turn. Please tell. Yeah, you just housekeeping. Find us on all social medias at Fresh Hop Cinema, Untapped, Letterbox, all the socials. It's a good time. Follow us, rate, review, subscribe, support us on Patreon, come to our parties. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Screenshot where you're listening. Yes. Got a couple of those this week. That was real fun. Thank you, guys. Yeah. So screenshot if you're listening to this podcast, whatever app that might be on. Tag us on Instagram as you post it in your story. It's a lot of fun for us to see it, and it makes us feel very popular. And you're telling your friends about the show, which is very cool. That's right. And Facebook stories are totally acceptable. Oh, sure. I forget that exists. Yeah, it's a thing. Yeah. Yeah. Are Twitter stories a thing? I think that's just tweets. Twitter polls are a thing. Oh, uh, I voted on yours. Did you? I, yep. Yeah, I just put one up for us. And, and the poll on our Twitter that should still be live if you're hearing this within the first day or two it comes out is how much would you be willing to pay extra for a movie ticket if uh, it guaranteed that there would not be any talking in the movie? That is a great question. Thank you. I've been thinking about it for a while. I have a question to piggyback on top of that question. Yeah. How do I acquire the job of being the one to enforce this? This is, this is, a, great, this is a great conversation to have. Sign me up. 
my idea was like this post would go viral and like I could tag Cinemark in it or something. Be like, see guys, this is giving the people what they want. Uh, I, so I don't know how to sign up for it because nobody's nobody's doing it. Steven Spielberg gets on board. Well, there's places that do it, like the Alamo Draft House. Yeah, like there's remember there's that chains. video I, that yeah, yeah. we played a oh, while that, back. Oh, a while back. Yeah. yeah, the Alamo Draft House in Texas. Yeah, it's a chain though. They're they're around. yeah, but they have that policy and people get kicked out. So I want to know like brass yeah. tacks how they do that. Is there sure. a bouncer in there? With like a squirt gun filled with hot sauce, ready to mess your world right. up. I imagine it's much more tame. Like somebody just comes up and it's like, not in Texas, bro. They might yeah, shoot you. That's true. Who knows? Uh, yeah, but I would, I would kill for that. I would, I would pay. I vote on my own. That's aggressive, sir. I would kill for it. I'd, I'd pay uh, <laughs> on like an opening weekend for a high profile movie. I'd pay five extra dollars. Yeah. To go into a theater where I knew there wouldn't be shenanigans from youths or. Anybody for that matter, it just seems like it's always youths. Uh, let's talk about things other sure. than okay. this. We need to jump in, man. What's okay. first? First is our first beer. First is our first beer. What and are the facts? So here's what we got. This Max. is a beer that I picked up from Craft. Um, if you've been listening the past few weeks, we've we've, <laughs> we've had a string of beers that... Uh, <laughs> it's been tumultuous at best. At best. Um, anyways, not from Craft. These beers that we have had in the past few weeks have been from a place that I had never been, and I probably won't go again because I'm never in the area, among maybe other reasons. It doesn't matter. I've got no ill will. Let's call it a mix-up. Mm-hmm. I've already spent too much time talking about it. Craft <laughs> is in Reno. I like them a lot. Um, and I got this beer there uh, several months ago, and it's called Oro de Calabaza. It is a, if you're curious, it translates to the Golden Pumpkin. It's made by Jolly Pumpkin Artisan Ales, and it's a sour golden ale. It's 8%. And it's barrel aged in oak barrels. This particular batch uh, was somewhere between two and four months of aging. And you're going to get some notes of spice, some pepper. The reason for that is because this was uh, brewed traditionally in the Franco-Belgian style. Oh, you know that Franco-Belgian style. You got to love it. And the only reason I didn't look it up is because we spent so much time talking about rice lagers last week. I just didn't have it in me. Yeah, that's fine. I don't understand that, and I don't understand that. I brewed some coffee in the the Franco-Belgian, Norwegian style. It's a a classic method. Yeah, it really is. Uh, You pour pour it directly over rice. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. The only thing I do know about this beer is that it's won several, uh, several awards, one of them being in 2010, it was rated the number one Belgian gold ale in the world. By the New York Times. I didn't even know they rated beers. So actually, maybe that doesn't mean much. But let's say it does. This is supposedly very good, is the point. Also, quick caveat, if you've never heard the show, this isn't a style Johnny and I typically love. So this could go anywhere. I'm not sure. Johnny, you've tasted it. What do you think? Huh. It's interesting. It's dull. In a good way or sort of uh, lackluster? Imagine licking a stamp and then imagine drinking that flavor. I got to mail something today. Dang it. Mm-hmm. I just forgot about it. Oh, uh, yeah, that is sort of like that, though, isn't it? Sort of that... um, Musty. Yeah. Dull. Um, dank. What's the word? It's like sticky, but it's different. Um, Tacky? Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. That works. It's got um, an adhesion. Yeah. It's like drinking um, weak glue. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It's 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 bitter. Uh, it's definitely not sour. Mm-mm. The Belgian profile comes out way more than the tartness. I was expecting yeah. it to be a little bit tartar. Than it is, and tartar sauce. It's not. Yeah, there's. I mean, there's definitely some tart tartiness on the, on the back, the back end there. But it's certainly very Belgian yeasty up front, which is sort of the flavor that I don't always love. Um, so I don't know. I'm I'm kind of torn. There is some complexity here that I'm getting the more sips I take. I also want to read what's on the back of the bottle, and it says this: 
Aged in large oak casks and fermented in the bottle, Oro de Calabaza is brewed in the Franco-Belgian tradition of special golden ales, spicy, and it's literally really? everything that was in my notes. Um, I'm not so yawning. I'm so sorry for, nope. for wasting it, uh, wasting our time. This beer is a little underwhelming for me. It finishes super bitter and dry Yes, uh, in an unpleasant way. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It doesn't. Um, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I can get some. It's definitely like a kind of vegetative sort of, or veg, vegetal. Is that the right word? V- it tastes like vegetables. It tastes like vegans. <laughs> you know, like, uh, kind of earthy and, and yeah, some more, uh, less sour and more earthy. Like um, starchy, like a potato. Yeah, okay. Like a, have you ever taken a bite, a bite out of a potato? Out of a raw potato. Yeah. You say this sometimes about beers, and I have, but I've never once gotten that sensation. I've said that before? You have. What? Yeah, a couple times. Dude, that's awesome. It was not the time that you said... That this you, you said a beer tasted earthy because, um, well, and then we found out it was from Idaho, and you said, Yeah, they have a lot of dirt in Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> At the time, I was like, Yeah, sure, it's like true, yes, and um, but that was funny listening back to that one, mm-hmm. anyways. But you have said taking a bite out of a raw potato, I've done that, and I don't taste that, so mm. I don't know where that leaves us. It's just bitter and almost like not astringent, but not pleasant. It does not finish well. I would like to, if this was more tart, it would help balance that out. It almost needs a little bit of tartness and sweetness. Usually sour golden ales are bright and crisp and tart and like almost refreshing. And they hit you in the back of the jaw with that little tingle. Um, I feel like if this had some more of those qualities that I was kind of expecting, it would take the edge off of that that bitter undertone that finishes like eating the roots of a hundred-year-old uh, red potato tree. tree. Okay. The potato yeah. tree. Um, I would just like to clarify one more time. They did say to expect spicy and peppery notes, and I think those are there. Um, I agree with you that personally for my palate, I'd like a little bit more sweetness also. Yeah. But I kind of like the way it starts. It starts off sort of um, sort of mellow, and, and like you were saying in the beginning, then kind of rises to a to a tartness and then kind of mellows out again by the end. Yeah. It doesn't leave the best finish for me. Um, I, that finish bothers me. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It doesn't bother me. It's unpleasant. Um, but I think it's, it's pretty much what it's going for. Yeah. Um, like again, not having a ton of experience with the style. I can't super, uh, say that with confidence. But. I don't know. It says tart golden ale. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's called the golden pumpkin, which yeah. means, I mean, you Does. know, they are called jolly pumpkin artisan ales, but mm-hmm. I don't know that all their beers have pumpkin themes. Well, it's not the worst beer that I've ever had, but I'm it's. Gonna, I'm going to pour you a tiny bit more. Can you taste pumpkin? If you think pumpkin, do you taste it at all? No. Cause when I said that. Just look into my eyes and think pumpkin while you sip this. I'm going to pour myself a tiny bit more, too. You just said look into your eyes, and then you looked away. Sorry, I didn't want to spill Whatever. that one time. Nope, it's gone. Okay. Moment's gone. All right, man. There's the yes and attitude that I love about you. <laughs> no. No, nothing. No pumpkin. Okay. Yes, and what do you what do you detect? No, I just, I mean, it's getting a little bit more tart the more I drink it, but it's just in that kind of middle ground, and then it kind of goes away. Yeah, it's fine. It's also pretty bubbly. You know what I want it to be What's is uh, Sour Monkey from Victory. That's an intense beer to drink. It's a, it's a sour golden ale. It's also like 10% or something. It's huge. Yeah, it's, and like, it's not that high, but it's up there. It's really good. That is a good beer. Yeah. But I would I would probably make the argument there's not a whole lot of subtlety in that one. It's pretty straightforward. It's just like a sour. I don't know. There's yeasty notes to it. We should yeah. revisit that beer. It's been... I don't think we've never done it on the show. Oh, really? No, I don't think so. Dude, we can get six packs that I around here too. Can you really? Yeah. Not four packs? No, six pack, twelve ounce bottles. It's only like ten or twelve bucks. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm down. Yeah, let's get one of those next week. Okay. Hey, super sneak preview. Got it down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, so, I'm writing so. sour monkey. Is that right? Yeah. All right, good. It's a beer from Victory out That's of right. like Maryland or Pennsylvania, somewhere on the East Coast. I okay. Think. But uh, 
Ooh, rookie. Left nice. his phone on. In case you're listening, that sounded like he was talking about me. He was talking about himself. Yeah. Just want to be clear. Yep. In just in case you guys are wondering, got an email. Probably doesn't matter. Um, let's rate this beer, my friend. Let's rate Oro de Calabaza from Jolly Pumpkin. You know, not a big fan. Yeah. Uh, if this feels like a uh, just four or five. I was trying to write a four for you. Okay. Yep. Four or five. Fair. Mm-hmm. I'm going to say six. Just I don't find a lot offensive about it. Mm-hmm. It's not my favorite style of beer to drink. Um, so it's fine. I, I'd recommend it to somebody that likes these and I was try it out. about to ask you if you'd recommend it. Yeah. I figure definitely with a caveat of you should probably like the more traditional styles. I assume that's what this is going for. I would recommend it to someone that likes Belgians. Yeah. Not so much sure. someone that like looking for a sour. Yeah. I, I Yeah. If I ordered this at a bar because on the recommendation it was a sour, I'd be pissed. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why you always get a little taster. Sure. Yeah. Especially with sours just because there's so much variance mm-hmm. from beer to beer. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. One could peel several layers of enamel off your teeth, and one yes. could be like, this <laughs> barely sour at all. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's jump into flick picks. Yeah. I don't, uh, like I said, have our notes for this week, so I'm not sure. Do you have a flick pick you'd like to cover? I know you've had a busy week. I do not. Yeah, I have had time to watch zero movies. I, I watched a, uh, a comedy special, which is kind that, of like a movie. That's kind of like a movie. I paid to watch it. I'll allow it. All right. <laughs> yeah. Plus, you're just allowing it because I don't have yeah, anything sure. else. Yeah. Uh, no, we watched Complicated Apes, a stand-up comedy extravaganza from Brian Callen, co-host of one of my favorite podcasts, The Fighter and the Kid. Uh, he's a very excellent, well-spoken, intelligent stand-up comic, uh, and his new special was super interesting uh, social commentary about the fact that humans are complicated apes and all the differences and the subtleties and the nuance of being human and the human condition and... Uh, it's thought-provoking and hilarious, so nice. I, w- I would highly recommend it. You said you rented it? Yeah, it was like four ninety nine to rent it on Amazon Prime, mm. but I believe it's on like Hulu. It's on it's on like most of the streaming stuff. Okay, so yeah, you should check it out if you've never watched any of his stand up comedy. It's it's really good. Uh, give them give the kind people his name one more time. Brian Callen. Callen C A L A C A L L A N C A L L E N. Ooh, B R Y A N. Got it. Yeah. Um, I have a friend named Brian. Uh, yeah, I know him. So I, I watched the movie that we did an episode on uh, back on episode 103. Oh, really? So I watched, uh, I didn't see it that time around. It was one of those those uh, faded weeks where uh, something happened. I thought you did and you didn't like it. I know. Mm-mm. Never saw it. Really? Right. So we rented it the other night from All the Best, my fiance and I, and I got a chance to finally watch it. Um, and maybe you were just singing into the future because I did not like it. <laughs> I thought it was not great. Um, I wrote a full review of it on Letterboxd. I'm trying to be better about that. Did but you put it on Rotten Tomatoes? I also did. Yes. Good. Trying to keep up with that too. It's uh, I don't know. If, I just started a Rotten Tomatoes thing as well. It's important because you can be like acclaimed as uh, yeah. a serious movie critic if you get a bunch of reviews. There's or a something. whole bunch of stipulations. I'll tell you at some point. I got to look them up, but it's going to be a while. Hey, how about you just tell me when you accomplish them? All right. Talk yeah. to you in a couple of years. Yeah. Um, Enlighten me on your victories, man. Yeah. Anyways, Fantastic Beasts and the Crimes of Grindelwald. It's the second. Uh, it's it's a sequel. I think what's going to be part of a trilogy, if not more, of of this kind of new installment into the J.K. Rowling world of wizarding. The wizarding. The wizarding world. world. <laughs> um, and, and the thing that you want to complete that sentence with is the wizarding world of Harry Potter, mm-hmm. and it's not. Okay, this is my biggest thing, and I'm just going to read a part of my review here that I think surmises surmises how I feel. Get it? It is this. Um, as soon as I find it, I lost what I was going to say. Um, I said it can't be considered part of the Harry Potter saga. Um, like even compared to to the first one, I feel like this one is losing the momentum that was coming from mm. the Harry Potter series. Like 
um, there, like, there's, there's a certain nostalgia that we get from like going back to Hogwarts and seeing a Boggart and like hearing the mm-hmm. and, and like, it's always going to work on some level, but I feel like this movie, especially even more so than the first one is like really ripping into that. Like you spend a lot of time with, with a young Dumbledore played by Jude Law who actually was one of the highlights of this movie, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the stuff that the first one was built on outside of nostalgia, like Newt Scamander's sort of quirkiness and awkwardness and um, his uh, his partner Kowalski, like his goofy sort of slapstick comedy stuff, like they just turned it up on this and it was so boring at this point. Even like the Fantastic Beasts were not that fantastic in this one. There's a couple cool ones. Mm-hmm. I like, the, like the return beasts are neat. The little uh, nifflers are tight and the green stick men cool mm-hmm. um overall i gave it like a two and a half star out of five thing wow. it was fun to put on for a night but never will i revisit that it's aggressive yeah all right yeah so you're you revisited that because you didn't see it and now you're telling people not to watch it yep. inten- in- intensely yeah essentially I mean, yeah like you can watch it if you if you love harry potter which watch i do it. yeah like watch it but i loved it yeah i didn't love it let's, yeah like say I, I liked it a lot Really? Harry Potter? No, this oh. one. Oh, sorry. I didn't love it. I liked I enjoyed it thoroughly. All right. It was cool. I like the whole universe that it takes place in though. See, I like the universe. I don't like what they're I don't like any like the rest of it is boring to me. Hmm. I just like revisiting stuff and seeing magic. That's fun. Uh honestly, uh Grindelwald played by Johnny Depp was really off putting. Yeah, well that do you mean like for outside reasons? Or no, just I, in general. Just in general. Okay. I really didn't like him as that character. No, I didn't, I didn't like scary. I didn't like that character. No. They went way too hard um, in like the Hitlerisms. Yes, they did. That's I said that in my review too. I said like even the super ultra nat- nationalistic like psycho and like his fashion and the, like, his like speech yeah, style. Like, Come on, dude. Yeah, I get it. Plus, he was like it's not convincing. albino, so he had like yeah. he was like the whitest. Yeah, it was weird. That part, I guess, didn't bother me as much, but well, I mean, it the just, rest of it, though. it just played into the whole thing. Oh, of like of like Aryans, or yeah, like, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, okay. Someone that's like liquid paper white talking yeah. about right, you know, purifying, purifying, the, or like taking over the yeah. lesser, the lesser. Uh, uh, they're still they're same mad, species, they're mad at Muggles, yeah, right? Like the, oh the nomadges. Except they said at one point there's he's like he was like telling the crowd in case they didn't know what Muggles were. They were like he used like three names: Nomadge. Uh, muggles and like, oh, uh, like, like I think he said it was like in French. He's like non magique. It's like, all right, how many names do you need for this? Calm down, Johnny like just, Depp. Yeah, get another scarf. You Anyways, that's flick picks. Yeah, uh, you want to go to break and come back and talk about Apollo Eleven? Let's do it. Sweet, we'll be right the frick back. Johnny Summers, it gets lonely out here in space, and sometimes you just need to get a good beer or a little bite to eat, so I recommend going all the way back to Chico, California, and going out of the handlebar. Have you heard of this place? Seven days a week in space and on Earth. They have a happy hour from 2 to 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Good looking out. Yeah, yeah. not international. Yeah, not international. We're not on space time. Uh, And they do have gravity there, so that's good. You can also get a dollar off any craft beer. That's right. A dollar off any craft beer, everybody. 2 to 6 p.m., seven days a week, the handlebar Chico. Don't miss out on these interstellar deals. Also, turn my oxygen back on, please. (laughs) 
I'd like to know what you feel uh, as far as the responsibilities of representing mankind on this trip. That's uh, relatively difficult to, to answer. Uh, it's a job that, that we collectively said that was possible and we could do and, and of course that the nation itself is backing us so we just sincerely hope that we measure up to that. The whole Apollo program was designed to get two Americans to the lunar surface and back again to Earth safely. The enormity of this event is something that only history will be able to judge. Apollo 11 has very simply been given the mission of carrying men to the moon, landing them there, and bringing them safely back. There's a trailer for Apollo 11. It's a film that came out on March 1st, detailing, nay, chronicling the outstanding human achievement of landing on the moon. Allegedly. (laughs) Allegedly, if you're some people, I guess. Um, This film was uh, directed by a fellow named Todd Douglas Miller, who started working on this project in 2016. It stars all of the people from the actual moon landing in in including not just the people on the moon. This isn't sort of like your first man situation where you just kind of go to the moon in a very cinematic way, though this is all very cinematic, but it's all real footage and real audio from the actual events of that fateful July in 1969. I saw it today. I saw it today in the theater. There were three of us, um, and I'm pretty sure the people in the top row, about seven rows behind me, were just making out. All right. So there was one of us. Hey. How was your screening? It was just me. Oh, just me the whole time. Sure. Just just me. When did you see it? Uh, I saw it Monday at 5 o'clock. We are recording this on a Wednesday. It's a couple days. A couple Not days necessarily ago. a movie that needs processing, I don't think, uh, in terms of like figuring out the plot, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's pretty much right there for you. But uh, it's also like an hour and 33 minutes long. So like a very digestible, technically documentary. Yeah. Could have been an hour. No, I don't think so. Eh, I think so. Uh, maybe we'll get into that. I was yeah. I was going to ask, how do, you, how do you feel? This isn't your typical documentary structure, especially looking back on an event from 50 years ago. You traditionally have like people that were there that are now like a talking head interview and they talk about what it was like, but this didn't have that. Um, they chose to tell the story with the events of the story. They main, It was basically just um, like found footage that they not found footage, but, you know, footage compiled of the events that they just edited together to I mean, it was probably all kind of laid out there, like, already. You figure they just kind of edited it, it together. It wasn't. We'll get into that, too. Yeah. I got this whole sheet of things. All the footage was out there, no, though. No, it wasn't. Where I mean, it, technically, it was yeah. out there. But they just compiled it and cut it together. Kind of. Uh, there's a whole There's a whole list of reasons this is, like, an incredible All right. Well, you have budget. 10 seconds to tell me the budget, and then I want this explanation. The budget is not available, so I can't. But I will tell you that uh, it's made about $7 million uh, well, domestically, which is not a ton. That's cute for a documentary. It's not bad. Like, it's it's also not been in a ton of theaters. Um, I think the total theaters it's ever been in has been 588. Oh, wow. Um, a lot of 
Thursday night preview type movies will come out in like 3000 theaters. Yeah. Um, like when, when us came out, granted, that's a pretty, uh, um, wide release yeah marketed promoted movie yeah um so the fact this is less than 600 theaters and it still made almost seven million dollars pretty cool wouldn't know it by my theater made like seven bucks off me yeah yeah yep it was pretty dope but having... we're also like three weeks late to this so yeah you know it's fair did you like this movie it was it was educational i guess uh, it was enlightening it was an interesting uh look like a slice of life piece at what was going on i want uh, I wanted a lot more out of it as far as like getting to know the astronauts and um, a bit more behind the scenes stuff, like as far as them and like what they were going through and the build up. Yeah, like personally? Yeah. 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 Like I wanted a bit to know more about them and get them as just as characters in this, in this documentary, give them some more layers, you know, but um, it was really kind of like watching a textbook it was very fact driven really i mean it was fact driven sure but yeah i didn't feel it had that sort of sterility to it there like. was really no frills i mean it was it was just data there was no uh attempt at creating a narrative other than one that was you know kind of already there that's a badass narrative it's, we went to the moon it We're is like, there's no aliens but like i i, I don't know i'd argue this felt less like a textbook and and it was super beautiful. Like some of those shots that maybe I'll talk, maybe I feel biased from all my information, but you have information bias, bro. Yeah, it's possible. I don't know. I wanted it to be a bit more of a personal story about the guys and what they went through. And like that to me is an inter the interesting, would have been more of an interesting side of this whole story. I would make the argument also that you could probably look at any movie or documentary made about this and find that information easily. Like you could go on Netflix or Amazon right now. You could find that. Well, I've never seen it. You ever looked for it? No. Yeah, but like I thought I was going to get it. This is a different approach to this story. It's it's like a a hands off approach. Yeah, because like you don't have to like you don't need hands all over this. Like it tells its own story, and the fact the fact that there's all this extra footage that nobody's ever seen, I feel like really lends itself to that. That's pretty cool. Like the, I really like the fact they didn't choose to narrate this. Really, like they could have had even even picked like a Morgan Freeman and be like, now talk about it. And they were like, mm -mm, mm -hmm. we don't need it. Like, yeah, this is going to be what happened the way it happened that people have never seen. I think that's so cool. So it's, nifty. It's a different way to do it. That's for sure. Yeah. Tell me your, your facts and your data. Well, okay. So, so this, like I said, he's been working on this, uh, the director Miller has since 2016. What did he direct? I'm just curious. I mean, you think it'd be more like a, a compilation and like editing job. It's definitely that as yeah. well. But uh, so a lot of this movie getting made was pre-production. Okay. There's this place called the national archives and records administration. Uh, it was headed up by Nara. This, Nara, yeah. Uh, headed up by this guy named. Did you actually know that it was called Nara? I just figured out the acronym when right. you read it. Man. I kept seeing it in this article <laughs> I read. It was on Vanity Fair. And um, I was like, what is Nara? So then I think they explained it at the top, but I missed it. Um, anyways, this guy, Dan Rooney, headed it up for a while. And uh, Miller was working with them to like try to find all of the footage from the Apollo 11 uh, launch and everything around it. And they stumbled upon 11,000 hours Holy. of uncategorized video logs geez uh, i think i read that right yeah um imagine if they had iphones i know so that's the other thing this is all in 65 millimeter footage which turns into 70 70 millimeter um that was sort of the big the big revolution at the time like the television was getting in everybody's homes and hollywood was making like um the sound of music or i think it was singing in the rain and like around the world in 80 days like these really big big movies in particular um but 
uh, it was all printed with what was called the Todd AO process. Um, this was like dying out by 69 when the moon landing was happening. So nobody could figure out, or at least Miller couldn't when he found this in Nara, like why was this even shot? Like why were they using this essentially out slowly dying uh, format for shooting. Um, and it turns out a couple of years before the Apollo 11 mission, NASA had put together a deal with MGM studios to basically shoot all this when it happened. It was this dude named Francis Thompson that was going to direct it. But on short notice, MGM backed out. <laughs> and then six weeks before Apollo 11, NASA didn't want to like waste all the time they had essentially put into this. And they asked Thompson, they're like, Hey, I know like the studio backed out, but you still want to do this basically. And he was like, I got some stuff going on, but my film editor, this dude named Kameki, he can do it. And what ended up happening was he took some of this footage and made a film called Moonwalk One. Came out in 1972. No kidding. Um, and, and as you can tell from some of this footage, like it's not just your traditional like launch photos. Like you get moments of the control room, and there's like there's like there's hundreds of people in there. I never so never many thought people. Of it. And you get these also sh these shots of like America watching this happen, like along the river outside or like in the, in a in a hotel parking lot. Mm -hmm. Really interesting stuff that I I was like this has to be fake like. How is this not out yet? And then I did all this research and was like, oh, this is just random footage that these people found. That's what they found and they just went through it. Yeah. If you're like, hey, there's already been a movie about Apollo 11 called Moon Mach 1 in 1972. Why have I never heard of it? The reason is because by 1972, we'd done like three moon landings and people were like, enough with the moon stuff already. We yeah. want the microwaves or I don't know uh, yeah. what was coming out then, but maybe that. So like basically it was not well received. Um, and all of this stuff that they found in NARA was like unused B-roll. So there's all that footage and 11,000 hours of, of audio. That was my mistake. So much. So much. So obviously you're Miller. You find all this. Like we're 50 years later. Like we don't even, he doesn't have the projectors necessary to see this film. Mm -hmm. Much less like put it on digital. Yeah. Um, so it's like, this is cool, but uh, I'm screwed essentially. Um, until by like this weird bylaw, the NARA, NARA was able to figure out that because it's public information, it's technically owned by the public. Mm. Therefore, he was able to send it to his post-production agency, a place in New York City called Final Frame, yeah. and they designed hardware and built a machine that could screen this film and turn it into digital. Cool. Crazy cool. So now they have all this new footage, but the problem is footage uh, is just that. There's no audio. Mm. So they have, they and like 11,000, 11, how are you going to sync that to the video? Oh, you're you're geeking out hard on this. This yeah. is this is your type shit. I've got a few more things here. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyways, there's there's scenes in the movie here where you can hear like, um, you can hear essentially what are like media dudes informing mm -hmm. the media, but they're coming from the control room to like explain to the average citizen what's happening. Mm -hmm. Um, you have that scene about like the engineers going to tighten nuts on, mm -hmm. on the tubes. It's highly technical. Like just to keep people like informed because it's eventually you're just going to be panning back and forth between two news agency cameras and nobody's going to watch that. You got to make exciting news. Um, find the story, man. So he basically Miller did decided that those guys would essentially be like the stand-in narrators of this movie. So like we do understand what's going on the same way the uh, the you know, public. general public would, yeah, because of what they're saying, which I thought was a really, really cool way to kind of deliver the chronology of this movie. Mm -hmm. um, anyways. Like Tom Brokaw-esque style. Yeah. Like news narration. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, so anyways, NASA and NARA are both similar in that they're not hugely funded by the government. They have a lot of like crowdsourcing information, especially when it comes now to their history. Like it wasn't super well chronicled. Mm. There's like this whole like dark web of space nerds, like just <laughs> just like find stuff about NASA. Yeah. And there's this dude named Steven Slater. He's That's a, stupid. He's a 31 year old. Uh, he lives in England and he's an archivist and he's got one of the biggest libraries in the world of Apollo film footage. What? Uh, his passion project is basically to sync all of the soundless footage from NASA with the audio. 
like it, it takes forever. The example yeah. they used was uh, like he'd find a video clip where somebody was like, like it was a video of like somebody's watch and he would try to find a bit of sound that referenced the time on the watch and would slowly do that piece by piece until he has like full clips of stuff. Yeah. And you can sync stuff up with about when it was happening. Wow. Yeah. So like, so like, I have a question. Yeah. Technically speaking. Sure. So you have these audio tracks mm -hmm. and these uh, video. Yeah. Were they recorded in unison, but they weren't like meshed together? Like if you had a camera right. pointed at you and I was recording you right now, would it just pick up you and like where, how did they, you know what I'm saying? Right. So like, so film cameras back then didn't have microphones. Okay. So you'd have, you'd have situations where they would have a separate, you know, so like a slate in a, in a recording there. Yeah. That usually has numbers across it. Yeah. That's to let the, basically the audio or video people know this is, the, it makes a big sound on the tape so you can see it visually um, on your computer screen or whatever it is. And then you match it up with the point where it comes down and claps on the screen. Mm. Um, so that's syncing audio, but, but here they had totally separate rigs. So I'm sure there's some where, yeah. So separate rigs. So you're saying that these people had like a video camera, like yeah. shoulder mounted or whatever, sure. and also like a tape recorder. Yeah. But it wouldn't be just one guy. Probably it was like probably a team, but it was physically like two separate things. More than likely. That's nuts to me. Right. So you'd probably have projects where like, all right, here's, here's the, here's the film rolls. And then here's your audio tapes. Yeah. And there there's like with all this archival footage, was it even labeled? Like, no, it's who, not labeled. That's, that's insane. insane. Like, okay, I'm getting the the gravity. It's crazy. Like of so this, the, the fact that while this guy Miller wants to make this movie, this stuff starts surfacing. He's like, "What are the odds?" Yeah, you know what I mean. And then they find this guy Stephen. He's like, "No, I can. I, I do that all the time. I have no no hobbies. I guess I have that, no which is a cool hobby. Life. I am saying this completely sarcastically. That's super badass. I think that's awesome." No, it's it's pretty sweet. His um, mom's basement's awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's a dark room. It's or fine. is that red room? Maybe? Mom, I need more popcorn. <laughs> um, okay, so then there's this guy Ben Feist. Same situation as Slater, like not really professionally connected to NASA or like any aerospace program, but he he talks to NASA and he finds out there's this whole big tank of audio from the control room. NASA had these two thirty track recording decks. Whoa. Um, during the Apollo era. And from the control room, essentially like throughout the entire thing. So like, that's cool. It was basically their entire communication network, mm. but, but the way that it would have worked is they would have summed up all those 30 tracks onto one track. So you basically, when it's done with, you just have like 30 different channels of people talking over each other. That's awful. It's no, no help to anybody. It's Max's nightmare. It'd be the worst. Um, so, but what you have is like, if you're sitting at a control room and you want to hear, like think walkie talkies, mm -hmm. you'd flip on your control board. Like, Oh, I want to see what's on channel two. And like, you know who that was and you could hear what they were saying. Um, but then after the mission, you don't really need it because the mission is done. Mm -hmm. um, but they kept it. So they <laughs> still had that. Um, and it was impossible to hear what they were saying, obviously, because it was just everybody talking over each other. And here's like another crazy coincidence. Um, there's a team of sound engineers at the university of Texas at Dallas, like the year before, like six months before, Miller started this, they had just finished a multi-year long project uh, to take those tapes, which were more than like another 10,000 hours of audio from the Apollo 11 stuff, over 60 channels, and they split them all into digital files. So you're telling me the guy that made this movie had a bunch of nerds do most of the legwork. Most of the pre-production, but he had to pull them all together. It's like it's like Nick Fury. This is amazing. Like those are the events. He's like, I can do something with this. That's nuts. Like, seriously, what are the odds? 
I know. Like specifically, this what is why this movie's needed. never been made. Like we just didn't have the footage. That's nuts. Um, so like for example, one of these lines from the thirty track recorders, like in the movie, there's a scene where they're getting an error code coming down to the moon. It's a it's a code twelve o two. It's like an alarm when they were landing on the moon. Right. Yeah. So what would happen is like the astronauts would report that back. Everybody freaks out because they're about to hit a planet, mm-hmm. and there's this crazy thing. Be like, hey, something is wrong. Something is wrong. Something's wrong. Um, and it's on this whole comms thing, and this one dude. 24-year-old dude. He's a flight software specialist. Um, I didn't. Uh, his name's Jack Garman. Just heard it on the channels, determined what it was, called it an executive overflow, and then wired it back to everybody, sent it up the chain of command. But like, does that sound good to you guys? Is that right? It's right. It's right. Good. And now we have him saying that. That's actually him. The moment that this all could have gone terrible if it was like a worse code. Yeah, so, code. so they they synced up the actual reaction audio. Yeah. Everything in this is exactly how it went down. That's like there's impressive. no dramatization needed. See, they should have told me more about the production value of this movie. I would have appreciated it. More. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's it's that's crazy. And like what I what I admire then, especially is like there's some of these shots that like when they're in space and there's capsules attaching and detaching, like allegedly. Still had to still had to figure out like how long he wanted those shots to be there. And sure, that is an editor's job, but the director makes a lot of those calls. Okay. And I think like I just watched 2001 a space odyssey for the first time last week. And there's so many similarities here in terms of like just the, the tone of everything. Like it's so, um, uh, deliberate and slow and, um, spacey is too easy of a word, mm-hmm. but you know, um, Interstellar, and it's just man. the magnitude of this job is crazy. Like to see the, the rocket taken off up close and then to see the thousands of people watching all at the same time, basically in real time as it happened. Ooh, crazy. I've never understood never related to the MAGA acronym, Make America Great Again, nor do I think that the people who like that necessarily are talking about this, but if this is what MAGA meant, like, let's do more stuff like this again, give me that hat, baby. I'm over it. Let's do it. I'm all over it. Whoa. Like, this This is cool. This was so cool when people, we went to space, like, four times, never done it before, and then we're like, let's do it a lot, and now we don't do it. And I mean, we do it, but, like, it's not that cool anymore. People don't care. But don't. we're going to, like, be colonizing the moon soon. Are we? Yeah. Says who? Elon Musk. I believe it then. They're actually, yeah, they're worried. He's doing, working on Mars too. Yeah. But yeah, there's there's a few people working on colonizing the moon. It's pretty friggin' doable. Yeah, cool. Very cool. I'm in. Yeah, sure. I'll go. Same. Right now. Um. Anyways, all this to say, I really like this movie. Um. I thought it was very inspiring. I wanted to learn more about it because I hadn't also, like you, like, I hadn't searched about the moon landing. Sure. I knew about it. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. But I thought it was badass. It was pretty cool. Yeah. So much of this footage looks hella fake, though. Doesn't it? Yeah. I don't get it, but fine. Yeah. I don't care. I'm not an astronaut or a NASA person. I don't have to get it. Mm-hmm. I think it looks cool. It looks pretty cool. <laughs> there was a lot of footage of them, like, on the moon, or, like, when they were landing on the moon. Mm-hmm. I had super skeptical hippo yeah. eyes. I was yeah. like, oh, is this the best shot they could have used? If, yeah. If anybody listening can explain, like, what the legs of the moon landing capsule were, like, wrapped in, because it looked like orange tin foil. And I don't want to believe that's what it was because that raises a couple of questions. And Space foil, bro. Yeah, like, I don't know. I know yeah. metal's conductive of, like, radio waves. Maybe they had a lot of metal on it. Too. It's probably some sort of insulation yeah. to yeah. Yeah, yeah. atmospheric uh, penetration. Yeah, that sounds smart. Interplanetary. Love it. Cohesion. Yeah, okay. Onto the Earth, <laughs> into the space moon. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Let's rate this movie. Hmm. With all the new information you have. Yeah, it kind of changes things because it was it was okay. I thought it was great. It was okay for me. It, I wanted more. 
uh, traditional documentary style. Like mm-hmm. I legit wanted to like get more behind the scenes with the astronauts and like stuff like that. So there, there were things there I just wasn't expecting, but like for what it was and it was very straightforward to the point, hands off, which yeah. is a unique perspective. Um, I don't have many documentaries to like compare this to. So I'm just going with a yeah. gut feeling sure. overall rating. Are you putting the, okay. Um, Hmm. You're like a six seven. Nope. Six nine. Six point nine? Yep. Six point nine. All right. For the year the space landing happened. All right, respect. It's an homage. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh you also could have gone like one point nine, six nine, which would have been more of a reference, but you know, not accurate. Don't probably. fuck with that many decimals, bro. <laughs> uh all right, well, I'm gonna give it a nine. Yeah. This this is amazing to me. It, it's an amazing as a feat of filmmaking. It, you think it is? Yes. Yeah, I agree. It's also amazing as a feat of humanity. Yeah, it's so cool. cool. If it happened. Very rarely what? do I see something that's like, man, cool to be a human. Totally. What a neat thing this is. Yeah, it's pretty impressive. Just the 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 will to explore and the ingenuity and just the sheer science that it took to do yeah. that. It's nuts. There's so many people working in like the bull thing. Like, Essentially, this thing was just made by people all doing their job for a common goal. I'm not a huge fan of Nixon, obviously, but like there's a speech he has in there where he's like, for just a brief couple of moments, everybody on the planet were proud of each other. For like, just we, a brief couple of yeah, moments. Yeah, but like so cool. Yeah. No, there Way was cool. really cool moments. And yet what really sticks with me is the fact that, like you said, it's just people building stuff. Yeah. Like people made a flying pickle. Yeah. And launched it into the space and sent it to the next planet Isn't that over. Crazy. They were just like, we're just gonna here's what we're gonna do. We're just gonna go we're over gonna there for a minute. This. We're just gonna go do it. Can we do it? I don't know. Let's try. Yeah. And we did it. It's so stupid. That's so dope. What do they call the um the like the people that figure out like how stuff moves in space? It's like it's not like mm. it's um some type of physicist, maybe? Yeah, astro? I don't know. Is it astro? Sure. That's what like Neil deGrasse Tyson is. Okay. But that's more like planets and like he's a theoretical physicist. Does a lot of like I um, thought he's a, quantum he's a, he's a theory and theoretical stuff. Theoretical astrophysicist. That's probably true as well. But like, yeah, what I don't know what they call the scientists, and I sound so dumb right it's now. Just, you know, they're scientists. <laughs> but like the space scientists, yeah. for lack of proper verbiage. The moon doctors. Dude, that's fascinating. That like you had to figure out the amount of fuel. That it would take to propel yourself to the moon, dude. At ignition, and they did the thing no, around no. the Earth. That's so crazy. That's so cool. Uh, in case you don't know, what he's talking about it was called. It's a slingshot exit of the solar system. It's the translunar injection maneuver. Are you kidding? Is me? Is that the coolest name for anything ever? Basically, you can't just take off from the Earth and go to the moon. There's not enough force. You can't generate it. You know what you have to use? A the s- Earth. The Earth. You got to use the Earth's gravity. Swing around it a couple times and shoot yourself towards the moon. Yeah. You, so how did they even know that? Right? Crazy. That's what I'm saying. Those space scientists had to be smart enough to figure that out. And how many times they had to go around yeah. and what velocity it was at. And then yeah. you like mix that with the fuel and yeah. the jet propulsions. Yeah. To me, that's it's like some very cool. That's the most fascinating thing is that because I'm not smart like that, like yeah. book smart, science smart. Like, and for people to just figure that out. Yeah, it might have taken hundreds of people. But still, if you multiplied me and cloned me into like 300, 500, 1,000 people, we're not going to the moon, man. Yeah, fair. We might go to lunch. (laughs) We're not going to space. We'll all die. So, I was trying to find the number of uh, 
pounds of fuel it took for takeoff. I think it was something like like 5,900 pounds of kerosene per minute. It's so crazy. Or second or something. Some, I don't know. Didn't numbers, the, big numbers. Didn't Apollo 11 weigh like 600 million pounds? Or like, yeah. It was real yeah. heavy. Of course it is. And we sent oh, it, it is. to the moon. Yeah, 5,700 5, pounds of kerosene uh, and, and oxygen per second. Liquid per oxygen. second. Isn't that nuts? That's that, crazy. That's so much. That's, I can't really conceptualize how much that is. Yeah. But it's a lot. Well, you figure a killer whale weighs like what a weird what a weird measurement you're going. <laughs> well, if you take killer whales, I was just jam thinking, seventy of them. Something that weighs like a ton. All right. They weigh like two thousand pounds. So they're burnt. I think they weigh more than that. Let's, a big horse weighs two thousand pounds. A, a horse? A very big horse. Jeez. Okay. So let's say a very no. Really? This is a fruitless effort. Again. All right. So like a bull. Like a two thousand pound bull. Sure. A big ass bull. Okay. They're burning through like two and a half of those a second in fuel. Well, you're, you're calculating meat energy now, and I think no, that's less pounds. efficient. Okay, meat pounds. Like just pounds. Pounds of meat. Because we're doing, what, 5,000 pounds of fuel per second? Yeah. So like what weighs 5,000 pounds that you could equate that to? Yeah, sure. sure. You know? Whales, man. Couple of whales. Couple of whales. Couple of whales. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. People had to decide what so things were measured by. I don't think that helped anybody. At some point. <laughs> I can't picture that many whales. I can picture maybe maybe three whales. And it's like, maybe more than that. I can't really, like, where am I going to see four whales know. out of the water? Like, how much does your house weigh? I don't know. This is the they used that in fuel. That's what I'm saying, my guy. It's the scale of it's, this. It's so big. Everything's huge. It's, uh, the gravitas. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to say it that way. The gravitas of it is just gravitas yeah. is immense. Anyways, yeah, it was really neat in the very first scene when they were rolling the thing out. Yeah, man, dude, cars. You're like, wow, is that a normal size tank? Nope, it's it's. Yeah, not, they, they showed the dude walking next to it, and you just got the scale. Yeah, it's like holy crap. It's like, yeah, it's like watching a good Transformers movie. If that's a thing. even better. Yeah. Let's take a break real quick so we can come back and swear about this movie. Uh, Danger Zone inbound spoilers? Hey, you've said f- a few times. Have I? This, yeah. I don't remember. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. Danger Zone. I thought that, man, you do that so often, I, you think I get used to it. Every time, man, you have to add a little little spice. I was scared. I was like, what, what was that? I am the cayenne pepper of this podcast. Somebody like hijacked our audio file and like interspliced their own Danger, Danger Zone. It'd be a stupid prank, but if someone does that, uh, funny. If do someone that. could do that and somehow get it back onto your computer. That's a good point. That's would be tricky. You could email it to us. Or someone would just yeah. have to break into your house real quick. Yes. It's fine. If anybody wants to. He lock, never locks his door. I always lock my door and my gate in my bedroom. You have a bedroom door lock? Uh, I actually don't know if we do. Are you a bedroom warlock? We have a bathroom door lock. That that's not sense. weird. but No, that's pretty standard. Most people like to have the door locked when their genitals are out. You would think so, but uh, I feel like I've I've been walked in on in bathrooms many a time in my life. This is on purpose. No, it's not, though. See, that example didn't work in my favor. <laughs> I meant to be like, I've walked in on people, but that sounds creepy. This is a lose-lose for me. Are you a peeper? You want to talk about beer? Or are you a peer? Let's talk about beer. So we got a beer uh, donated to the show by a friend of the show, John Wallum. So we wanted to shout that out. It's by a brewery called, near as we can think, Zoftig. We Googled it, bro. It's Zoftig. Maybe it's, Zoftig. It's German for a full-figured, voluptuous woman. We don't know that it's German, necessarily, but it's not English. Bro. You think that's it German? It said German when we did the, the Googles. Did it? Yeah, man. Let's look at it. 
let's say it. What other language could that be? This is Zaftig. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe like a Slavic type. Like, yeah. The people in the Panzer tanks were dreaming about the Zaftigs. Why is it that like German accents aren't offensive? I don't understand that. Actually, uh, I think I do. It's because they are like, we can we can be joked about. We've it's done fine. some bad things. It's fine. You're allowed to make fun of our voices. Yeah. I think that's, I think it, that's fair. It's fine. Anyways. This is a brewery called Raspberry Stout. It's iteration, uh, I think, 254, or it's, maybe it's just called number 254. It's called One Night Stand. It's a raspberry stout. Thank you. And it's you. 9%. Beautiful. Um, they're but, out of Worthington, Ohio. And I don't know how John Wallum got this, but I appreciate it. Yeah. I we, love it when people give us beer for the show. We had a really fun weekend. Uh, John and Jared are both uh, people on Patreon, and we just did a recording session with them because they are that tier in Patreon where they do recordings with us every now and again. Um, and he came and brought this and was like, Hey, if you guys want to do this on the show, it's good. So here you go. Mm. So thank you very much. Yes. Is it good, Johnny? You know, it is. Ah, good. All right. Yeah. Good. Cause we've had, yeah, good. I'm glad. It doesn't have a lot of, uh, a mouthfeel. Gravitas. Yeah. This is a gravitas. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I just tried to I set you up it. there and you yeah. were taking a drink. It's fine. This is good. Very raspberry heavy. See, I thought the raspberry was a little subtle. It really, really mixes well with the nice dark chocolate. Mm-hmm. See, oh. I thought the coffee, nope, the chocolate was subtle. Yep. But it's know. both, it mixes well together. I really yeah. like the ratio. I will say off the bat, I like this a lot more than a chocolate cherry combination. Definitely. This works a lot better for me personally. Yeah, I've had a few chocolate raspberry stouts that are really good. There's a beer called Jam the Radar that if anyone ever buys for me, I will love them for the rest of my life. It's Who makes from. It? Oh, the place that does bottle logic. Oh, nice. Yep. Aren't they in LA or something? Close? Somewhere down there. Yeah. South. I don't know. Jam the Jam the radar. radar. It's a raspberry porter. Okay. And it will change your life. Sweet. It's like drinking like a raspberry candy bar. It's so good. All right. Yeah. This is very similar to that. In yeah, that- I was going to say this has sort of the body of what you might expect from a porter. Mm-hmm. Like it's a little bit lighter. Like you said, it's definitely pretty carbonated. Carbonated. Yeah. I don't know. I've been getting worse at saying words over the past couple of years. Words are hard. Yeah, but they're not. Like in my brain, maybe I was speaking too fast. Yeah, top of the teeth, tip of the tongue. Teeth and the lips. I'll try to slow it down. Tongue and the teeth. Um, anyways, my friend. It's nice. It really strikes a nice balance. I like the 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 nuance of the chocolate and the raspberry. It's really dry too. Yeah. It finishes like, mm-hmm. like whoo. Mm-hmm. A mouth. All the life has been sucked from it. And replenished with new life. Kind Not of, yet. Yeah. Need to salivate a little. And um, I don't have any. And well, it does sort of dry you. Have you had much water, though, since we started recording? I feel none, like that happens to me sometimes. Does none count? Oh, yeah. That counts. That's the perfect amount. Cool. Because that's like how much I've had today. No, I had a liter of water. What am I talking about? Nice. That's uh, that's a lot. My aunt and uncle from Susanville got me. Shout out. Yeah. Shout out. <laughs> Dave and Aaron. Look at you. <laughs> totally know you listen to big, this. Big podcast fans. Yeah. They popped by the house the other day yeah. and they brought me this package of hydration packets from costco they're like little tear off like powder tubes and you just pour it into like a bottle of water why would you all right what the water is the hydrating part what is the thing that you're pouring in it's like an electrolyte supplement it's it's like a water enhancer it's a hydration powder that you add to water that adds electrolytes and minerals and whatever the flavor yeah it's like lemon lime they're pretty sure you were sold gatorade Given Gatorade. Yeah, but it's better. It's like scientifically engineered by Costco. Okay. And there's less sugar, tons of electrolytes. That's good. Supposed to be like three times as hydrating as Gatorade. You see like on, uh, sorry to cut you off, but I I do see that. 
Um, cause like you ever see like me undies, we used to talk about that. Yeah. Um, is a great example. It'll, they'll be like six times softer than cotton. Who's measuring that? I don't like, how do you measure that? Like you touch it. It's like, all right. that feels soft. Well, there's all different Ooh. kinds of cotton too. And different types of softness. Like you're not going to, you're not going to touch a duvet and then also touch like a, 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 what do you call the throw blankets that are, you know, the material wool flush. That's fleece. Thing. Fleece. Yeah. yeah. Fleece. Fleece. I don't know what's happening to me today. Fleece, fleece throw blanket. <laughs> yeah. Like different softness, right? Yeah. So I don't know. Well, let's not even bring thread count into this conversation. It's a, yeah, and they're like, I mean, undies, six, six times softer than cotton. It's like, shut up. Just, ugh. Well, if they're going by thread count, they don't say. That's the yeah, problem. Yeah, like how do they measure that shit, So like dog? how is it three times more hydrating than water? Like by whose standard? What kind of water are you drinking? That's what I'm saying. Like, is this hose water? But yeah. No, they said it's three times more hydrating. Like, I think they can measure the electrolytes and, like, potassium. And if it legit has, like, three times more than Gatorade, I feel like that's that's a measurable yeah, statistic. Sure. It seems right. Either way, they're delicious, and they make me feel good when I drink them. So yeah. I'm, I'm going to go home and drink one of those. Or maybe pour the powder directly into vodka. I just thought you were going to say into my mouth. <laughs> oh, just soak it all I'm up. just going to rail that fucker. Just butt Oh, it. God. Just... <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, boof it. That's what we call that. Oh, is that right? You boof it. Boof a little sneef. That's what you call when you put anything in your butt to get not, high not or anything. drunk. Okay. Well. All right. Listen. Sh- boof. Uh, this beer yeah. is good. Yep. I like it. Oh, yeah. Danger Zone. We should have. There was no intro to that. Yeah. It's fine. That's if you okay. haven't figured it out by now, it's dangerous, man. Yeah. We said in the beginning, it's dangerous. Um, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, although, it. I'll save it for the end in the shout outs also. Never mind. Uh, I'm just jot down something in my notes. Yeah, jot it. I like the spear quite a bit. Um, I think my biggest complaint is the dryness, but that's not really a huge negative for me. Yeah, I think the spear is going to rank pretty high. Feels like an eight. Does it? Yeah. Okay. I feel pretty firm and confident. You might say that's a rookie score. How's so? going? Eight flat, but I no. mean, uh, it feels right. I'm gonna counter. I don't think this is that dry. I think it might be because you're dehydrated. Probably. Um, we've been talking nonstop for an hour. Yeah. And you've not had any. Uh, I've been taking super crunches. good care of myself the last two weeks, too. Yeah. So, so totally. I'm, I'm going to say that you should consider not having that be a negative factor of this because I'm not getting that at all. Um, and that's that's actually the end of my sentence. So cool. All right. <laughs> this is very enjoyable. I'm very happy that we got to do it. Uh, well, I like a solid eight. I'm going to give it an eight as well. It's um, it's a bit bubbly for my tastes. Uh Drinking a bit like a like like your grandpa's soda pop, uh, in terms of mouthfeel, flavor's very good. I'm into it. Just let it sit around a little bit. Let it get flat. Yeah, I might shake up the bottle. Yeah, let's get weird. Uh, anyways, that's the raspberry stout called One Night Stand mm-hmm. from uh, Zaftig. Zaftig, and we're moving right along into hot and bothered everybody. Duh. Uh, what's got you hot and bothered, Johnny? Mm, so many things. So many things. All right, we'll put her patter. Sexual harassment. Oh, that was like last week or something. I didn't talk about no, it. I don't know I why. forgot. Yeah, all right. What happened? I was so hot about other things. Yeah, sexual harassment's got me real hot and excited. Uh, let me tell you why. It's not for anything weird. Don't get all judgy on me. I had my sexual harassment training at work. And mandatory now in the state of California. Not for, just for you. Yeah. For, for everyone. For Company-wide, this wasn't special for me. I didn't earn this by any any behavior, unwanted or wanted. Uh, no, it was just company training. And, yeah, I found out that every year now we have to have one year of, it's like mandated, uh, one hour of sexual right. harassment training, which to me I think is not enough. 
Yeah, probably not. Yeah. Especially for, if you're doing like all at one sitting. Like, yeah. People are going to forget. Remember this hour for a year. Right. Like, come on. Yeah. So anyways, the lights go down. We're in a big uh, banquet hall. Video screen comes up and the, the gal running the the whole meeting starts off the sexual harassment meeting with the clip from the office of Toby talking to Michael in his office about like why that guy quit. And it was the beginning of the episode about sexual harassment and just harassment in the workplace. It's a great episode of The Office. It's a great episode. And she used like a full like three minute, like the whole cold open and then like a huge chunk of the middle part where they put like uh, the race cards on their foreheads. Yeah, right. She used that whole clip. That's, it was uh, amazing. I was blown away. It made me so happy. It was literally IRL unexpected office. In real If life. you're on Reddit, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, that's fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm envious of certain things in people's regular, like that have things like that in mm-hmm. jobs. Yeah. Cause I don't, I don't get that. Yeah. I don't have that ever. I will throw you a sexual harassment meeting. Can you, is there like a, take your co-host to work day? Can you plan that around a sexual harassment meeting? That'd I could. Be, that'd be ideal. I'd be like, I have a guy that needs to know this stuff. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be funny enough meeting that I might just get that. I'd be fine with that reputation. Sure. Cause I don't think there's a lot of crossover between me seeing the people you work with and vice no, versa. So. Different worlds. So I'd be fine with that. Yeah. They can think of me as a weird guy that needs this training. Totally. It's fine. Yeah. Not that if you go to the training, you're weird. I think that's a very healthy thing. People should have that training. Yeah. Okay. Also, if you follow me on Twitter, you will have seen, I tweeted it today. It was like a week ago. I only have like 10 followers on Twitter. So you have more than that. I don't know. It's not many. I'm not super active. I've been trying to tweet more. Yeah. I tweeted today. And if you follow me, you'll, you'll have seen it. I saw a turkey using a crosswalk. Nice. Yep. Yeah, uh, he went when the light was green too. Like he had the right of way. That's awesome. So there was cars stopped, and there was a wild turkey by himself, using a crosswalk right in front of Spike's Bottle Shop. That's so awesome. Coolest thing I've ever seen, just randomly that involved a turkey. Yeah, that's yeah. Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, fair enough, man. Yeah, and I don't know if anything's got me bothered other than yeah, life. Sure. Just in general, <laughs> just a state of ire. Uh, it was creepy watching a movie by myself in theater. It's I, a weird experience, isn't it? I, well, because I sat like t- I usually sit in the back so I can watch everybody. You know, I don't like having my back to people. Yeah, so sure. I like to sit up high so I can see everybody. Um, but there was nobody in the theater, so I'm like, I'm gonna take the front rail. I'm gonna nice. sit dead center, right up front. Put my feet out. Really enjoy this. Yeah, I kept hearing stuff behind me. Like I, a seat would move or something. It uh-uh. was just like I'm out. Mm-hmm. I'm out. Oh, it was unsettling. There was a few times that I like stood up and turned around, and I was like, "Yep, that's uh, I would have left." It was sketchy. I, I I know myself. I would have first. I would have moved. Yeah. Then I would have left if it kept happening. I legit thought about moving to the back of the theater. Uh, yeah. Why I, wouldn't you? I don't know why I didn't. I was just like, meh. I I had an when you said you're trying to tweet more. I had a. I had a thought, and I'm going to tell you what that thought was. You had said uh, a couple days ago, I was just scrolling through your Twitter feed. You said, bar patios smell like cotton candy now. Vape life, bro. Which probably should have been a, half, a hashtag. But it wasn't? No. Oh, I should have hashtagged. I don't, I'm not fine. good at Twitter, man. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, that said, you should follow our podcast on Twitter because collectively we are very good at it. We put our powers together and we put out fun stuff. I maybe not am good, but I, I try to be amusing. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I saw the new, I posted this on our something, um, saw the new Avengers Endgame sort of poster where one half of it's like the Avengers and one half is like the Fallen mm-hmm. and like the Fallen's in black and white. 
and Loki was in it. And then like I read this whole Twitter thread about how people are pissed off that he's actually like, yeah, but Loki wasn't killed from the snap of Thanos's fingers. And it's like, well, Thanos still killed him. He was killed with a snap. Yeah. Of mm-hmm. the neck. I just thought that was, you know, worth pointing out. So, you know, if that seems funny to you, follow us on Twitter, everybody. Mm-hmm. It's a real good time. Oh, did you tweet that? I'm, I, I don't know. I've been on social media a lot today. You should. Trying to like that. up our game sort of thing. All right. Um, this comes in spurts. We do that. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah. But I'm going to tweet seven yeah. times this week. Engagement. If you guys respond, we're going to do it more. Last week, last tweet, two months ago. Yeah. Choose, your last Letterbox review was like a year ago, my guy. Yeah, I don't like reviewing them on Letterbox. I just never have time. Yeah, it's also like sort of a pain if you're not doing it on a computer. You can only write a few sentences before your fingers are like, no, yeah. enough of and this. And then if you like dictate it with, you know, the speaker oh, on your phone, that's, go back in it. that's the worst. Yeah, it's not great. Like, do you do better phones? Yeah. Like that should be good by now. Yeah, although you, yeah, it doesn't matter. It might be maybe if you had a new phone, I'm still rocking the six. Yeah, it could be part of it. I don't know because they have like that Google Translate thing. But we where, also like, went to the moon. Seriously, like, come on! If we can put like a dozen people on the moon, three of which you've heard of, yeah, two. And we should. Uh, Michael Collins never set foot on the moon. Oh, nice, nice, nice correction. All right, my hot and bothered this week. Here it is. Yo. Last week, you talked about a show called Love, Death, and Robots. Yes. I watched that show. Yeah, Even though I thought I wouldn't like it because it sounded exploitative, not exploitative, uh, in terms of people, in terms of maybe base base desires in its viewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you mentioned things like gore, nudity. Um, and while I don't think that this series necessarily portrays its female characters, especially healthily, a lot of the time uh, that's true. But some of them, I think it really does. And it's like Black Mirror, except... Uh, less moral quandaries and doesn't really stick with you as much in that way. But the animation is super cool. I just rewatched Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse for a movie night. Shout Hell out yeah. to Nick and Shauna. Thanks for coming. Um, and it was awesome. So I've been on an animation high. So I like that. It. Animation's cool, man. It's in a yeah. good place. I liked about Love, Death, and Robots is that there was multiple animation styles. Yeah, right. Like, I was not expecting like that. the Spider-Verse. Yeah. Very cool. Like, oh, shit, the next one looks completely different. Yeah. Like the one with the, the cats where they were using them to fend off the... Oh, that was such... What did that remind me of? It reminded me of like something on Adult Swim, I think. I could see that. I don't know what, but I could see it. But like very minimalist sort of uh, hard line drawings. Yeah, almost anime. Yeah, almost. But, well... I don't know. It's hard for me to distinguish between like anime and manga, manga, um, and mangoes or mangoes. They're all, they all look the same. Yeah. Um, all right. That's good. Do you want to talk more about this movie? I think I have said everything I wanted to say. I just didn't realize I didn't have more to talk about. Uh, maybe not. Yeah. Uh, did you have any bothered? No, that's cool. Yeah. Your life's awesome. I mean, I, I could get, I have stuff that I could, that didn't go well for me. That I could choose to yeah. burden people with here. Do you have, do you have a hard matter. time with the Chemex? Did you fuck up a pour over? <laughs> I have. Oh, I want to give Jared another shout out. He gave me some coffee. All right. Uh, yeah. From and Bridge. Uh, yeah. Bridge Street? Sure. Coffee? I'm not sure. It's in Yuba City. Yeah, it's there. in Marysville, technically. Yeah, it's very nice. It's a cute little coffee shop. Yeah, it was It was, uh, It was. was good. Um, I told. He asked me how it was. I said it was good, not great. Um, it's not the best coffee I've ever had, but it was uh, a very solid uh, Ethiopia. And it was pretty good in, in a Chemex. So well, I've had a really good coffee this week. Pretty high praise from you, though, because you do have a pretty extensive background in yeah, sampling good I, coffee. I think so. I drink coffee a lot. Yeah. Um, so, no. I've had I've had a perfectly fine week. Nothing to complain about. Word. 
Um, let's get to shout outs real quick. We've already done a couple of them, but I wanted to mention just a couple more. Um, namely one is from a friend of the show, Austin Smith emailed us and the subject of the email was episode 17 split. Uh, he said, Hey dudes, we watched, uh, we watched split last night. So I went back and listened to the split pod, a uh, very hip way of saying podcast. Just wanted to mention how well you guys have done organizing the formula of the pod. There it is again, since the early days, uh, not that it was in any way bad, but I think you guys have really nailed it. I know the episode is over two years old, damn, but I also really enjoyed James McAvoy's acting. He was giving us basically responses to our critiques, which at this point I don't super remember. Um, I stand by it. And I just wanted, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say uh, thank you for that email. It's always fun hearing feedback from especially old episodes because they are in one way or another, maybe not up to par with what we're doing uh, now. Yeah. So that was very fun. I also jotted down a note, and I don't know if this counts as a shout out, but I was at the gym last night and I popped in the hot tub after my sweet workout. I do a lot of cardio in the gym, a lot of elliptical stairmaster. I have that kind of body about me. I know that. All right. What's uh, what's your attire at this point? Full European style speedo? No, in the pool in the hot tub? Yeah. No, I had just, just like swim shorts on, like okay. mid mid thigh sort of like 70s dad. That's the kind of shorts okay. I wear. Gotcha. Um, anything below like the top of my kneecap makes me uncomfortable. Now, is it an actual uh wet wear uh attire or is it like uh some old sweatpants that you just cut off to wear in the hot tub. No, no these are swim shorts. They've okay. got a little liner and everything. All right. Quick drying, moisture wicking fat. Although, do you maybe cut, they're not. Do you cut the liner out? No, I'm not an animal. You mm. do that? Oh, yeah. Ugh. Every time. You free ball it? Well, I'm not a... I'm not a In pools and stuff? What? It's mesh, dude. Yeah. The water, it permeates and leaves... No, I'm not saying it's like... Like, what if you hop out... Of, well, how long are your shorts? This is the question. Uh, above the knee, barely. Okay. See... I wear like a, an above the knee board short. I'd be worried of like, it just keeps everything in there, you know? Like it keeps it all not squished, but sort of, I don't know if, whatever. Hammock, tight, like tight, hammocked kind of? Tightly packaged? Not tight, like uh, comfortably, you know? Okay. And I don't want to just like, ha- I don't need that kind <laughs> hanging of hanging around, like, you know, flopping about. Yeah, like contain yourselves. Hmm. So yeah, of course I keep the mesh in there. I, why don't you buy pants without mesh? You can't always get board shorts without mesh that look awesome. In my experience, you can almost only get board shorts without mesh. I don't know. I just know what they have at Old Navy. Yeah, fair enough. That's all I got. Point is, I am in the hot tub with everything in where it should go. And that's important because I met a couple of guys who, as soon as I came into the hot tub, they were in the middle of a conversation. And one of them says, her name's Adelaide. And I sit down, put my arms up on the sides of the hot tub and go, you boys talking about us? And and they were. <laughs> <laughs> um, you had that moment, yeah. You well, straight up James Bonded your way into yeah, a conversation, and it wasn't suave. Some and it wasn't creepy, but it was just like this. It sounded like, pretty suave, like pretty smooth. You just like the arms, yeah. Like, hey. Just so casual. I see you like crossing your legs yeah, in I, the hot tub. I did do that. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm seeing it. So it wasn't my business, but there were a couple of youths. Um, Chest hair floofing yeah, in, in the hot the, water. In the wind. Yeah, it wasn't even windy. In the jets. There just it goes propelling. Um. No, they weren't. They weren't. Uh, Youths used there, I think, like college age sort of dudes. Okay. And we started talking about us, and one of them hadn't seen it. And myself and his other friend were like, "You got to see it." Like, we're not going to spoil. It. He's like, "No, no, you spoil it." And we're like, "No, if you're going to see it, we're not going to spoil it." Anyways, told them about the podcast. So, fellas, if you're listening now, uh, please forgive me. Can't remember your names at the moment. Um, wow, way to make friends, bro. I know. I at one point. Shout out today. to the hot tub strangers. <laughs> in, in my notes, I wrote "hot tub boys," which uh, is not. <laughs> Not the best turn of phrase, but whatever. Guys, if you're listening, you said you would, um, so thank you. And if you didn't, 
That sucks. Crushing Sandos in the hot tub, boys. One day you do. Um, anyways, I think that brings us about to the end of the show. Well, I hope they listened. I hope so too. Please. Oh, that was the thing. Please let us know if you did. Uh, Instagram or whatever. That's gonna, actually a perfect segue. I'm gonna call them uh, Steve. Nope. And Adolf. Yeah, start. Yeah, that's what you will be forever, fellas, unless you write us. Yeah, and you. That's not what you want to be. Or maybe Sven. Maybe Grinwald. And Squizgar. Yeah, you call whatever you want, man. Yeah. You can find us on all the social medias, guys. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Fresh Hop Cinema. If you're a movie person, find us on Letterboxd for all of our ratings and reviews. If you're a beer person, find us on Untapped. And most importantly, if you're a money person, find us on Patreon.com slash Fresh Hop Cinema. For as little as a dollar per episode, you can support this show and make it happen every day. Actually, every week, but we live it every day, so every day. Yeah, we are this show. We're generating content by living our lives every single day. As a preview for next week, we don't know what movie or second beer we're doing, but our first beer, unless it's unless this is our darkest beer, is going to be Sour Monkey from Victory Brewing. Yeah. Get your hands on some Sour Monkey. Drink, drink it. Yeah, drink with us even. Let us know what you think before the podcast, during the podcast, or after the podcast. That's exactly right. In the meantime, that's Johnny Summers. That's Max Minardi, and we are Fresh Hop Cinema. Don't forget those Instagram stories. We need that 24-hour ad. It helps. I'll share it. We love it. We love you guys, and we'll see you next week. It's Fresh Hop Cinema. That was pretty good. Thanks, man. Yeah, dude. Oh, also, this episode would not be possible without Bailey Minardi.